Welcome to Theatrically Speaking, the very first playwriting podcast. My name is Jonah Knight. Season one is republishing the long-lost first episodes of the show from back in 2007. And season two begins the new episodes. Now, a few things have changed since 2007, like the website. For more information about Theatrically Speaking or my other podcasts, please visit actualstorypodcasting.com. Next, back in 2007, you could number your episodes however you like, and I did this very creative numbering system that included episodes 4.1, 4.15, 4.2, and no actual episode 4. The numbering that the episodes have in your feed is the order that you should listen to them. So, welcome in to the Theatrically Speaking Wayback Machine. It's time to talk some plays. I hate movies, I don't watch TV, I can't read books, and I don't take kids to the zoo. Video games are gonna rot your brain, and all these internets are for idiots, but I love you, baby dear, but you ain't no Shakespeare. Try to make me to be high class, and I would take a How you doing? Uh, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. This is episode 3.2 of Theatrically Speaking, almost a playwriting podcast. This is the second in probably two episodes for now, uh, dealing with how to present yourself. Last episode, of course, was how to get your script ready, how to make it look sort of standard and professional. This one is moving on to how to take that professional-looking script and give it to a theater company, how to submit it, what to send into people, what not to send into people, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, though I do want to start off this episode with something a little bit different. I have asked uh, in the past or invited y'all to send me some feedback at either the email, jonah at jonahofthesea.com, um, which you can still absolutely do. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, I have received a little bit of feedback, though, funny enough, none of it has come to that account. It's either gone to um, uh, another email address from somebody that I know, or I've gotten some through... Um, MySpace, and I've gotten some through Facebook and uh, all over the place. You can also go to jonahofthesea.com, the website, uh, to get more information about all this stuff. But I did have two things that I wanted to share to you, uh, share with you. Uh, the first comes from Tina. Tina uh, has suggested that I have show notes. Uh, she she brought that up and she said, "Hey, you know what? If somebody wants to go look up what you're what you're talking about, uh, not a bad idea because." Pretty much we can assume that nobody's sitting there listening and taking notes uh, as they as they go through this show. And that's a fine, valid point. Um, I think that having thought about that a little bit, I think my initial uh, approach to show notes was that I was going to include that in the uh, the JonahOfTheSea.com blog, uh, which you can find at JonahOfTheSea.com. So I am going to go back through the past uh, couple episodes. We're still fairly early on. Um, so I can go back and not drive myself crazy uh, trying to dig through dozens of episodes and make notes about it. That's cool. I think I'll do that. Um, when exactly I will do that? Not so sure. But I should probably do it soon before the back catalog becomes too unwieldy. So, yeah, thanks, Tina. I'll uh, I'll check that out. Uh, the second little bit uh, comes from Sean. And this is sort of uh, still uh, being early on in the in the process, working some of the bugs out. 
when I built the website, I used Firefox because I dig Firefox very much. Um, but apparently, not everybody uses Firefox. Uh, and I guess that since I don't use Internet Explorer, um, I had not noticed that since I was using frames, the top frame looked all kinds of wonky and you kind of had to scroll over to get to all the links and all that. So I've kind of made a quick fix, which um, still looks wonky, but you don't need to scroll. Um, I'll pull out one of the coding books and try to find a way to make it a little more interesting looking. Um, but thanks for pointing that out, Sean. Uh, anybody else noticing anything like that? Absolutely. Uh, let me know. Cool. Cool. Okay. So we're talking about uh, how to submit a play. And um, before I do this, I want to say something that uh, I mentioned this a couple episodes ago. Um, but looking out my window here, because I stand in front of the microphone looking out the window, the theory being that if I'm standing up, I will have more energy as I speak. But as I look out the window, um, looks like rain. Uh, I said that uh, a couple episodes ago. Didn't rain. Looks like rain today. May not rain. Um, we'll find out. And I'll point it out if it does start raining. And then you can play along at home to see if you can hear the rain. That'll be kind of cool. Anyway, so so submitting your play. You got your play. And in a future episode, we're going to talk about the details on how to uh, different writing techniques and rewriting and all that kind of stuff. Um, but for now, you've got your play. It looks right because you listened to everything I said last episode. And it's a good play. You're confident in it. And you want to send it out because you want a production of the darn thing. That's cool. So... A perfectly valid question is, what exactly do you send to people? And this is not, these are not hard and fast rules um, as far as like every little bit uh, detail minutia of advice from this program um, uh, should be. It's, it's not, it's not, every theater company is going to have their own little uh uh, differences in what they want and how they want you to present it. So the first thing I would say is definitely look into the theater company that you're going to send it to. Do not prepare 500 packages that are exactly the same and send them all out. It is certainly worthwhile to have a number of things that you can, if one particular theater company wants a resume and another one doesn't, you know, have the resume ready, and we'll get into that in a second, but, uh, but not everybody wants the same thing. So definitely check out each theater company before you send it. What I've got here are what appear to be sort of the consensus on things or, or the main things that most theater companies are going to want from you. Um, and so we'll just start at the top. How do you, how do you bind this thing together? Uh, brass fasteners are fine. Uh, you can use two, one in the top hole, one in the bottom hole. Assuming you've got three holes in your script, um, you could stick one in the middle and make it three. That's absolutely fine. Three's probably pretty darn stable. Two's probably stable enough. One is not stable enough. Do not just use one brass fastener. Um, I would also say do not staple. Do not staple the thing. Uh, if you're sending out a full-length play, you're not going to be able to staple it unless you go to some sort of copy center type store and use, like, the nuclear-powered stapler. But you don't need to do that. Three-hole punch, brass fasteners would work fine. Should you use a binder instead of brass fasteners? I don't know. Um, when I first started out uh, in college writing short plays, 10-minute plays, uh, and sending some of those out to contests and theaters, I did tend towards using binders. Uh, and my thinking at the time was, well, most people are probably going to use brass fasteners, so why shouldn't I just use a binder? Maybe people will notice it a little more. Um, I've kind of swayed away from that as time has gone on. The vast majority of 
plays that are submitted to the new playhouse uh, come in brass fastener format. There are some that come in that um, sort of clear front binder and the black back cover binder thing. Um, You could do that if you want. I'm not going to throw it away just because it's in a binder. If it's like a big binder, like a Trapper Keeper type thing, don't need it. Don't need it. It's going to raise your postage. It's just going to annoy people. And it's actually, it makes it a little less convenient for us because it can fill up our P.O. box a lot faster. It damages the envelopes on the way. Um, So don't worry about that kind of thing. Brass fasteners are fine. Brass fasteners are stable. Standard. All right. So, so... You've got your list of theater companies because you've done research and you've got this list of theater companies that you think are going to want to produce your play. Should you contact them first for permission to send it? Uh, This is something that is sort of a case-by-case basis. If somewhere on the website, and I'm assuming that because you're listening to a podcast that y'all know what a website is, that's very cool. Um, If on their website it says contact first, contact them. If it doesn't say anything... Um, if you see literary director or somewhere in the, um, in the staff directory, it said it has somebody's name to send scripts to, you may, you may want to send them an email. Um, but if you think that they accept plays because it says that somewhere, or you see that they have a record of producing new plays, you're probably fine in just sending it as long as there is a dedicated address somewhere on the website that says submit new plays to this, you know, attention, play submissions, or something like that. That's fine. You don't need to contact them first. I've sort of, as a playwright, have done both. I've, um, my thinking was that maybe if I contact them first, they'll recognize my name and be more likely to read it when it comes in. And, um, and as artistic director, the guy who reads a bunch of these plays that they come in, I'll say that, yeah, if someone has contacted me first, um, via email, I would be more likely to say, oh, there's that play that guy told me he was going to send. And I might look through it um, maybe a little bit quicker because I feel like we've already had a, made a connection or something like that. So that's cool. Um, so, so I mean, the most important thing is to make sure this theater company does accept new plays, uh, even if they just produce fairly new work or edgy work. Not they they don't necessarily produce unknowns. Uh, I'll give you an example. One of the local theater companies here in Frederick, Maryland, is the Maryland Theater Ensemble. Uh, they do contemporary work. They do some edgy stuff every other year. They produce a new play that is um, written by the ensemble. It's a it's a creative process that they go through. They do not generally accept unsolicited uh scripts and so because they're they are kind of a tight-knit group so you might look at the list of plays that they've produced and think hey here's a group that might want my play but um and there are a lot of theaters that are like this out there that yes they do new stuff but they don't necessarily want unknown stuff that they want a relationship with you before you send them a play so um so check into that before you just send it off Another thing that you'll see uh, if you look in like the Writer's Market Guide or you look for big lists of theater companies that want plays and they give you the list of things that they want you to send them, some of them will say, send the first 10 pages, send the first five pages. If we like it, we'll ask for the full thing. That's fine. Um, If they're not specifying the first 10 pages, go ahead, send the full script. Uh, This is assuming that you've got a full-length play and not a 10-minute play. Uh, But I would say... If it does not specify, don't just send the first 10 pages. From my perspective, uh, receiving the plays 
if it comes in and I like what I'm reading, I'm going to want to keep reading it. And, um, you know, why take the risk that I'm interested for the first 10 pages and then in the week or two weeks that it takes you to get me the rest of the play, I might have lost interest. Maybe I had a deadline and the deadline has passed or something. Just on the full play, unless they have specifically requested just the first 10 pages. A lot of theater companies say um, your script will not be returned to you. Uh, I know that we, uh, New Playhouse, has this policy that uh, we will do our darndest to recycle it. Uh, if you, And I've even, initially, we tried that thing where, um, you know, include a self-addressed stamped envelope if you want your play returned to you. I've stopped doing that because when you get in a good number of new plays, the the just the human hours that it takes to put those plays back in an envelope and send it out are not always there. They're not always there. So so if they specifically say include self-addressed stomped envelope if you want the script returned, go ahead do it if you want it. Don't include it uh, I don't know. It, it's a little iffy there. Um, I would say a safe bet would be to assume that if you have sent out your play, you are not going to get it back. Don't plan on getting, like, you're only going to need 10 copies of your script because if they don't want it, they'll send it back and then you send it out to somebody else. No, no, no. Um, you're a playwright. You're going to kill a damn lot of trees. That is a side effect of the job. So suck it up. Make some more copies, and don't send me your ratty-ass script that's been rejected by five companies already. Give me a nice one. Don't give me one that looks like it's been, uh, you know, crapped up and everybody else has rejected it, and here's a play that nobody else liked. Maybe you will. Uh, you know, give me a good one. Give me a nice one. You know, you can you can trick me with that. Should you send a resume? Um, yes, I'm a proponent of a resume. Uh, I believe that if you have any success at all, and success does not mean Broadway productions, whatever you've done, let me know. Um, we've gotten, we've gotten, and this is actually something that on our website I say, send us this. Don't maybe send it. Please send it with your, with your submission. And there's a couple reasons for that. One is, right away it's going to let me know what to expect from this script. If you're someone who's had a whole bunch of productions, I'm going to have a higher expectation of your script. I'm going to I'm going to expect this to be pretty near production ready unless you send a note that says, you know, in your cover letter, and you should send a cover letter. Uh unless in your cover letter you're saying this is a new thing, I see that you do development work, would you be interested in workshopping this? I've had success in the past and I'm looking for blah 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 blah. That's fine. Even if you've never had anything produced before, you may not necessarily, if you've got nothing to go on a playwriting resume, that's fine. But bring that up in your cover letter. Because you can say, you know, I'm an actor, I'm a director, I'm a high school student, I'm a college student, I've not had anything professionally produced or even produced at any level before, but I have this script and I think it's pretty good. Let me know that. Because then I'll be like, oh, okay, is this something that we can work with? Is this something that we can develop? And... I'm not going to expect it to be done. And so don't don't try to, you know, don't gloss it over. Don't create a resume that you don't have. I'm perfectly willing, and I have, and I continue to take chances on new plays, on first drafts, on second drafts, on something new, and on unproduced emerging playwrights. Absolutely. Um, but don't present yourself as a professional, because then I will expect this script to be professional. You know, that's cool. It's, it's, it's nothing. You don't need to trick me. 
Um, so yes, you should send a, uh, a letter of introduction or a cover letter, uh, you call it what you want, usually a cover letter, um, and just say, hi, I, I came across the couple bits of information to include. How'd you hear about me? I saw you on a website. This other dude uh, told me about you. I know somebody. We live in the same area. Something like that. Just let me know. Um, and then say, I've included this play. I think that it will go well with your theater company because of this reason and this reason. Maybe, uh, and that can be anything you want, you know, whatever. Just Tell me a little bit about yourself, and that's fine. That's fine. Absolutely, contact information. Contact information goes on a whole lot of this stuff. Um, letter of introduction, cover letter, doesn't need to be a huge thing. Just needs to be a thing. Just send it along. Synopsis. Send me a synopsis of your play, because I'm going to get this play. It's going to be delivered to the theater company. I'm going to pick it up at the P.O. box, whatever, or my literary director or the managing director is going to say, hey, we got this new this new." Uh, play and pack it in today. So I'll look at it, and I'll look at this script, which is a whole bunch of pages long, and kind of heavy, and I'll be like, okay, there's the script. Here's this one-page thing. Let me read, oh, it's from Bob. Letter, cover letter. You tell me, okay, that's kind of nice, Bob. What's the play about? And I look at the the synopsis, and it's like, here's what this play's about. It's about da-da-da-da. I'm like, oh, great. That's kind of interesting, or nah, I don't really care, but at least I know what's going on. And here's a good reason why you should do it. If you if this is a new play that you've written and you're still getting some some workshopping done, uh, maybe it hasn't been fully produced or it's been fully produced, but you think that you should do some rewriting. You send me this synopsis and I look at it and I say, oh, it's this play about this girl and she's got this dilemma going on. And OK, that's kind of cool. And this is where her life is. OK, so then I open up the play. I, I open the script itself and I start reading. If in the first five or ten pages, this script is nothing like the synopsis, at least I'm going to be able to give you, the playwright, some good feedback and say, you know, you told me that in the synopsis this was the play. I didn't see that in the play. So at least that's something, you know. Um, give me a synopsis. Uh, I, I'll tell you that I am a, I personally can be a little bit wary of plays that are set entirely in a kitchen or entirely in a dining room because I think that a static set is missing out on the potential of theater. But that is certainly something that I acknowledge is a quirk of mine. So there are certainly many theater companies out there that don't care about that. They'll, and, I mean, you look at, um, you know, Little Foxes and you look at... Um, you know all these all these plays that deal with realism that have a single set, and there are uh, certainly there are some awesome plays that are just a single set. Uh, let's talk about Alan Akeborn again because I haven't talked about him enough. It's it's that's fine, that's totally fine. Um, so that's just a little bit of tangent there, and I'll leave it in. Great. How many copies of the play should you send? Whatever it says, uh, you should probably. You should probably assume that you might send two, but often one. If it doesn't say how many, you can send one. And if they want another one, they'll tell you. If it's a really big theater company like Arena Stage down in D.C., they're probably going to want two plays because it's got to go before this person and this person, and then a committee's going to read some, and then they're going to vote on it, and then they're never going to talk to you because they're Arena Stage. But at least they've asked you to send them two, and you've sent them two, so you haven't ticked them off from the very beginning. And they'll pretend to read your plays. Okay. Um, so what else should you send to people? Uh, I, other, should you send anything else in your packet? 
if your play has been produced before and you have some pretty cool posters laying around, should you send a poster? If you have some stickers, should you send a sticker? Or should you send bling? Should you send swag? Should you send any kind of crap like that? Uh, eh. I've, uh, my play Techies, which I've mentioned before, was produced a while ago. After the fact, um, I got this really cool, I got a friend of mine who's a graphic designer to design sort of the, uh, the general poster for the play. And I have this cool thing. It looks very nice. I'm very happy with it. And part of my initial thought was, hey, I'm going to print this and I'm going to send it out as I go submit this thing around. And I didn't do it. And part of that is because you don't, even though I think it's really cool, somebody who reads the play might think it's a good play, but if they see my image and it conflicts with the image in their head, they might be a little less likely to go along with it. So I would say, don't send posters, maybe, I don't know, maybe a sticker. If you got yourself a logo, go ahead and stamp that on something. But um, for the most part, don't, don't, you know, again, going back to the earlier thing, you're a professional. You are a professional playwright. You may not have been produced. You may not have won all kinds of awards and stuff, but you are a professional. Behave like a professional. Uh, you know, that's cool. Don't don't worry about that. Uh, nobody's really expecting it. So uh, so don't feel as though you should go out there and do that. You know, uh, it won't necessarily make you stand out in a good way. Maybe, but quite possibly not. Quite possibly not. So that's sort of my my little synopsis of what to send to people. That is uh, my advice. And I think that if you look around and you look at a bunch of theater company websites, you look at these listings of theater companies, you're going to find pretty much the same kind of stuff. Some will include all of it. Some will only want a couple of things. Some will want to be contacted first. Some won't care. And some just say that they accept plays and don't actually accept plays. So there you go. Uh, but here's a couple of examples. I want to end with this. Uh, I wanted to mention a couple memorable submissions that have been given to the new Playhouse. So you can take this stuff, uh, sort of file it away, and as long as you're doing better than these folks, then you're doing okay. All right. Uh, and actually, this this one isn't isn't a crazy sub thing to do. But I had someone. There, there's only been one playwright who submitted to us, to to my recollection, who has included references. And the first time, uh, and actually this guy has uh, has submitted the same play to us three times, and I've not been able to see that he's done any rewrites, so he just keeps sending the same thing. And he's got, so I've noticed it now a number of times, and he sends the same letter of reference with him each time. Should you send references that, you know, somebody else writes you a letter of recommendation, should you include that with your play? Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no unless the person who's writing the letter has a personal connection to you and your theater. So I got this, I got this submission packet from this guy and I think that he's kind of an older guy. He kind of comes across that way. And the letter of recommendation that has been, that has been included with his packet was written by a very dry, learned member of academia who cites the great research and the great representation of this material in this in this wonderful play and wouldn't wouldn't we be you know absolutely overjoyed to provide this service to our community and you know near as i can tell the person writing the letter has no theater background uh and the person who wrote the play near as i can tell has no theater background so in this particular instance doesn't help at all um, but again, if you, if you know 
my best friend and I don't know you, then get, you know, get Cameron to tell, to, to write a letter for you or get somebody to, uh, to give you a boost up for me. Don't worry about it. Sort of a generic thing to send out to everyone. You don't need to worry about that. There's this one guy, this one playwright who has submitted a handful of plays to us. I'm going to say three or four plays, uh, over the, over the years that we've been doing this. And his formatting, his formatting is off just enough to make me not want to read the plays. Everything, all of his plays, everything is bold and everything is double spaced. And I open it, I open each script and I look at it and I just say, I have no idea what this is. Why? And going back to last episode, I want to at least look at the last page and say, okay, this is 60 pages long. I have kind of an idea. Is a lot of like quick dialogue? Are they long passages? I have a general sense that yes, this is maybe a two hour play or so. Um, Something that's double spaced and bold, even though it's 12 point font. And I think it looks like times new Roman. Um, I have no idea what the hell that is. No idea. One time because he's, he submitted uh, an early play electronically so I took his electronic version and I made it single spaced and I made it, um, I took the bold out and it was like 130 pages long, something like that. And, and still the formatting was all jacked up. So I couldn't really tell. Um, don't do that. Don't do that. You don't need to do that. Just, you know, formatting is simple. Just make it look nice. Make it look professional. That's cool. And I want to end on this cause this is a great story. The most absolute hands down memorable submission we have ever received uh two years ago we put out a call for full-length scripts and we got this submission that was four pages long the uh the letter said this is a full-length this is the entire full-length play four pages long uh printed front and back so actually eight pages long there was no dialogue and near and i read the whole thing no characters it was descriptions of setting and scenery and each paragraph, because it was written in, in prose form, was printed out in a different color. So there was the red and the blue and the green and the purple, and then it went back and it went through again. And it was presented as a play. That's not a play. What is that? You've now become an anecdote. Ah, but, you know, uh, anyway. Anyway, I'll end on that story. Thank you very much. If you are interested in talking to me at all, Jonah at JonahOfTheSea.com is the email address. www.JonahOfTheSea.com is the website. You can look for Jonah Knight, or theatrically speaking, on Facebook, MySpace. And that is about it. I will talk at you later. Bye.